This is Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. My name is Rachel Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. As a highly sensitive person, knowing there's so many others out there just like me, I wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as I explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around. As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. And I'm going to use this episode to share a bit about me, a bit of an introduction, use the time to share some key insights, I guess, about the things that have brought me to where I am today, and also introduce the podcast, the show, what you can expect. And I'll be sharing this in two parts and yeah if you haven't already been following me online through my journey uh, and my work as a coach I will share first of all who I am and so my name is Rachel I was born in Essex in England and I grew up in a family of six. I'm one of four girls. I have a twin sister and yeah we were brought up in a pub for the first seven years of my life. I grew up in a pub and from what I remember it was a really cool and fun experience um I don't really have that many memories around it if I'm honest apart from like the good things that were like parties and like my childhood parties and things like that um and like yeah those just having some funny memories pop to mind so like putting on dance shows and getting together with my sisters and that was always quite fun um and from that point we moved into uh another house but like somewhere away a little bit still in the same town um to somewhere I never really felt like was my home um yeah always had a very interesting relationship and experience with this uh place that I kind of had the majority of my upbringing Uh, And so I'll share more on that later. But one of the things I did really want to kind of say here initially and will be the foundation, I guess, of much of my shares is that uh, I am a highly sensitive person and it's a trait that I discovered around five years ago. And I, at the time... um, was kind of seeking answers, seeking help, support for um, what I really kind of attributed to just being like a really anxious person and struggling with like coping with the world and with my mental health and things like that. And so um, much of my experiences as a child were navigating 
um, it felt like this very difficult um, kind of way of trying to move through life as an extremely sensitive person who, when I say sensitive, and I'll share an overview of what a HSP is, um, I'm not just talking about sensitive in terms of emotional. I'm talking about being a highly sensitive person as a genetic trait that around 20% of the population have. Now, this is something you are born with. It's not something that you uh, develop. And so it's a very innate part of somebody's um, personality, their essence, their being. And the overall kind of crux of having this trait really is describing your nervous system as kind of like a supercomputer in that it's constantly processing internal and external stimuli to a much, much greater depth than uh, a non-HSP would. And so this involves uh, things like your emotional world, your thoughts, your feelings internally, so like sensations in your body, um, but also uh, outside experiences, so things like your um, the way that you perceive outside stimuli, perhaps noise, uh, light, um, things that your senses are processing, but also information, the way that you move through the world, the way that your nervous system is constantly processing information. It's processing that to, to a much greater degree. So of course, this is going to bring with it some, um, amazing uh, qualities and traits, but also some challenges, I guess, as well, because um, as you can imagine, the world is a pretty, um, it, it can be a pretty chaotic place at times if you don't have the tools to navigate. And so if you're using, um, if you have this beautiful gift, but you don't know how to use it, then of course, it's going to uh, create some challenges. And so a lot of my work, a lot of my journey has been really understanding myself through learning about this trait, but also um, learning the tools to navigate, heal my nervous system, and then, you know, be able to actually see the gifts of being sensitive. The things that come with being a HSP are having so much empathy and a real depth and compassion to others and to be able to see and guide people and understand people and meet them where they are in a way that non-HSPs wouldn't necessarily be able to. Um, and so, you know, yes, we're highly empathic and caring and conscientious and there's there's many things that I'll go into on another episode around this trait specifically. Um, but again, if you are brought up, uh, as many are, either not knowing about the trait, being brought up in society where we are all exposed to these narratives around being kind of 
bold or loud or being able to kind of shrug things off or being able to move through life with sort of a carefree attitude um, where that's kind of favoured and I guess desired in certain situations, particular workplaces and things like that, it's really, um, it can really impact the narrative that we begin to internally speak to ourselves with because we start to think and um, we start to tell ourselves that we are perhaps not okay or being a sensitive person isn't something that is accepted in society and therefore can suffer a lot from um, feeling like we can't be or authentic selves and this can come in many many like different ways this shows up in so many different ways but I but I know that many highly sensitive people have the same or very very similar patterns and stories throughout their life and so I'll touch on this more and I'll share a bit more about my journey, um, how this has looked, how I navigate this um, as well. So there's a couple of milestones that when it came for me to kind of write a loose uh, plan to know what I was going to talk about in this episode, I actually started to I I found it hard to uh, remember exactly kind of the things that I previously uh, really held on to so how I and what I mean by this is that I had um, I used to keep kind of a mental list of like these significant turning points in my life of like this happened at this age and this happened at this age and I feel like it was a very unconscious thing Um, but I feel like I have kind of stopped the way that I or changed the way let's say looked at the past and looking at my own story and therefore it found uh, found it a little bit harder to think about kind of the significant things and I guess um, yeah things kind of merge into each other and it's hard to kind of see and remember certain aspects and certain things. So I'll share what I feel is kind of some significant and key parts of my life. So again, as I said, my upbringing was fairly good. Um, I say that because I never went without uh, anything. Like my parents were great. They worked a lot, you know, to get food on the table for us. Again, as I said, I grew up in a pub and I remember that being like super fun from what I do remember but I also haven't got a lot of childhood memories um for some reason yeah I feel like I I find it hard to remember a lot of memories with my parents and family um but from the age of um yeah I guess from when I could start remembering so from the age of seven we moved out of the pub and just to touch on the what the thing that I said around like fairly good upbringing the the part that kind of counters what I just said is my own personal kind of experience and narrative around growing up being highly sensitive and not having this trait recognized within me which can create many um, feelings of abandonment and rejection from many 
uh, areas. So from parents, from people around me, from school, from society. And so these things obviously seep into those experiences. And so I'll touch on this more around, you know, the fact that you can have an upbringing that is, you know, it gives you everything. You're not without. Um, But if your needs aren't being met and your true essence, your soul, your the real you is not being seen or acknowledged or even nurtured and encouraged to be more like yourself, this can really impact the way that you show up in life. And so this is kind of the foundation of a lot of the work that I do, a lot of the kind of um, challenges that I faced as well. Um, But to come back to those points, when we moved house within like that first year, um, I had my very first panic attack and I was being babysat by... Uh, my sisters and uh, another babysitter that we that my parents use sometimes and yeah it was such a weird experience we were watching like this movie and it was kind of (laughs) scary and I just remember this whole thing and I was like terrified and I thought that I, I the only thing that I'd ever witnessed was my sister having asthma attacks and so I kind of like didn't know it was a panic attack but just thought I had something wrong with my breathing and this was kind of the start of like that journey around thinking that I had something wrong with me that I had asthma that I was like hyperventilating and things like that and so I managed to navigate out of that in that moment and uh, I didn't have really another episode like that for a while Um, but then when I got to like 14 it was another kind of turning point that I remember uh, just before my GCSEs like I was putting so much pressure on myself to perform in school to be getting good grades I kind of had this like super like this moment this like time where I become so self-aware and started to think that I really needed to perform in school I was very very shy um much of school felt very uh difficult for me I didn't enjoy it I remember feeling like it was really kind of overwhelming all of the time um and having a twin sister as well that was very different to me personality wise carefree very outgoing um seemed to just kind of take things on the chin a bit more and i don't know i felt like she just had this confidence that i never naturally had and this kind of independence of like going off and being able to do things on her own with ease whereas i felt like i relied a lot more on kind of reassurance and things like that so this was always something that I kind of yeah battled with through school because it was a comparison it was it was like I you know it was it was the narrative that got created of like I should be like this and then it wasn't just her of course that I would compare to it was friends it was it was my peers um and so yeah I guess through school I I began to get really self-aware as I went into secondary school and yeah I began before my GCSEs with the pressure of like um having to get grades and things like that started to put a lot of pressure on myself and then yeah I felt like one day something had just switched in my brain I felt like I gave myself so much mental stress that I felt like something had like clicked and switched in my brain and that it never went back 
And I really remember that because I was panicking like with my health and um, there was a lot of things happening around that time and I went into a really kind of depressed place. Um, and I kept everything inside me. I didn't tell anybody. Um, the mother of a really close friend at the time had passed away uh, within like a year of me kind of having these changes in my brain, these mental health challenges. Um, and yeah, I ended up, she ended up coming to live with us. And there was a big part of my life where I felt like I was grieving for her. And the real kind of empathic side of the trait of being highly sensitive really come out then and I started to feel a lot of shame and confusion around like why this experience uh, caused me so much grief and so much struggle and difficulty and from there like things just really spiraled I found it really difficult to um yeah to navigate anything I struggled from that point with OCD thoughts I had real intrusive thoughts coming around from the age of 15. Um, just real like fearful, alarming thoughts, some really like disturbing things. Um, again, I will touch on more of this in another episode. And so, yeah, this happened. And so these were really key uh, points in my life. Um, and from this point onwards, my life kind of looked like a or from how I see it now in hindsight, I went through my kind of teens and I began struggling with my self-esteem, my confidence, body image, perfectionism, all of these coping mechanisms and traits. Um, I struggled with like boys, like relationships, like I really wanted connection and intimacy, but I was really scared of getting close to people all of showing my true self um and all of this kind of yeah all of these patterns um so I ended up battling a lot through anxiety through depression for many many years um and again I went to university I moved to Liverpool to study um and I studied a microbiology degree, which to some may seem very random, but there was a reason at the time. And um, yeah, it was, I was torn between a psychology degree and a microbiology degree. And I ended up going with the, um, the one in Liverpool because I loved Liverpool as a city. And at that time I was becoming more and more um, like, excited about freedom, partying, started drinking. Um, yeah, and it just felt exciting for me. And I knew for, I knew a year into my degree that it wasn't gonna be the degree that I wanted. It wasn't gonna be the career that I wanted. Um, but I persisted and I continued because that, that was very much in my personality to like almost borderline obsessively pursue and push um, for things that I felt would validate me. And I guess that's kind of one of the reasons why I, why I did go and do the, the course that I did, um, alongside having, um, a real interest in like healing from an allopathic approach originally, you know, like medical viruses, bacteria, like, um, 
how our bodies work, why we become sick. And again, I had this interest equally in mental health and which is why I wanted to do psychology um, at the same time. Um, but nonetheless, I carried it on, finished university and maintained like my passion and desire for psychology via self-help books and personal development. And so even like if I should have been studying <laughs> for my microbiology, I was probably like doing a lot of that, but at the same time, reading self-help books on the side um, and doing a lot of partying. And it was a very like volatile time, like up and down, go, 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 work hard, play hard, burning myself out, trying to, um, first year, I really didn't care actually about my grades. I was like, I knew I needed to get a 40% pass mark. And I think I passed at 41. I remember like missing exams. Like I'd been out like nights before and like, I was just having the best like time <laughs> and partying and that was my life. Um, and then second or third year, I was like, okay, this is serious now. I've got to pull my socks up, like get my ass into gear and start like doing some work. So yeah, I, I did. And I continued, I finished uni. Um, and at that point, yeah, like I remember at 19 again, I had a very, uh, another really depressed time, probably a mixture of just burning myself out, burning the candle at all ends, partying. I started uh, taking drugs recre recreationally, um, exploring with that as well. So there was a lot of things that were happening in my life and uh, things that weren't supportive of my nervous system. And I know when I look back, these habits, these patterns, again, were probably on one side, trying to numb out the sensitivity, the overstimulation, the lack of confidence and self-esteem that I didn't have. Um, but also probably was trying to feel something as well from, you know, the partying, from maybe being overstimulated, being going through episodes of feeling like things were uh, too much or that I couldn't really experience the full spectrum of emotions. And so then drugs and these high euphoric moments of drinking and going out partying, having connections with guys and friends and all these new people, new experience was just kind of giving me the thing that I felt like I couldn't get being myself authentically without any... Uh, substances or without you know with with being more true to myself so that was kind of that experience for me um and when I finished I guess 21 years old I went to move back to my hometown and again I became really like I could feel myself like falling back into this real depressed state and it was really crippling actually and I remember like I took this job, this most random job I needed just to get money. And I remember my parents at the time were like, you need to take anything. It's been like six months and like you've not found a job. And at the time I was looking for things, but it was hard and I couldn't find it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I could feel myself not wanting to do anything related to my degree, which made me um, feel like I'd even more of like a failure because I had just wasted quote unquote <laughs> those three years um and so I ended up in this 
random job working for NASA where I was like using a microscope to make these space imaging sensors that went up into space and it's so wild when I think about it the only relevance it had to my degree was that I was using a microscope um and yeah it was wild and and so I hated it honestly I dreaded going to work I dreaded everything um and this like inner energy this like turmoil was like brewing inside of me and it was this feeling of like I know I'm here for so much more I know that this isn't like this isn't all life is about like this life this thing where I get up at I remember my hours were like seven till three this thing where I get up and go to work every day at six o'clock and I sit in this weird room in like this spacesuit and I do something that I have no desire to do and then I finish my day and then I'm on repeat again and again and there's nothing that I can contribute to this job that is coming from you know there's there's no part of me that gets to add value into this job like you like anything that I felt like any let's say yeah like I knew I had more to give and I just wasn't able to use that and so I'll talk I'll talk more on these themes because I think these are very very important and um and also I think very uh common for HSPs you know it's it's so important for us to find meaning for work and to really give parts of ourselves that um you know to find that meaning and there is a depth to being highly sensitive and so yeah we need to be sharing that and bringing parts of us and really allowing our soul and our essence to shine through so this was one thing that I don't know yeah I was like right this energy like it took me that point to get there and think right I need to change something here so I moved to another job worked with my best friend for six months and at that point I knew I was saving to go to travel so I ended up going away traveling um to the other side of the world and it was great um and yeah I stayed there and I went with a I went with a three-month plan with my friend at the time and she ended up getting a boyfriend probably a couple months before we were due to leave. Um, And so the trip ended up being cut shorter than what we had been planning for like the year before. Um, And really in my mind, I knew that I wouldn't be ready to return after three months. Um, Little did I know that like I didn't actually, I didn't get my return flight back. Three months later, I flew on my own from Vietnam to... Darwin in Australia so I traveled New Zealand I traveled a bit of uh, the east coast of of uh, Australia and some of Southeast Asia um, and that was meant to be the last destination but I flew back I wasn't ready to go home I flew back to Australia moved to Darwin and I just and I couch surfed <laughs> such a wild like thing to think about actually at this time so I was about 22 when I left I think I had my 23rd birthday in Vietnam and I left yeah and I moved to Darwin and I knew one person who I went to university with uh, he was there and he introduced me to a couple of people and within like 
within like four days, um, I ended up couch surfing and staying with some Aussie guys who were like in the mining industry and they're doing their thing. And I lived for three months there, went and did my farm work. Um, and then I traveled for pretty much two years on and off, staying three to five or six months in certain places. I worked in cafes, I worked in hospitality, I got enough money um, there working to be able to fund the next part of my trip. And really my intention was just like, just living life at this point. Like I was meeting people, being in hospitality, I was still very much like drinking, I was in that scene, I was drinking, I was partying, um, and probably at times, I guess, looking back, of course, using alcohol in an unhealthy way, because at this point still, there was no, um, I wasn't really taking it on board to be doing any self-work, I was, I was aware that I was struggling at times with my sensitivity and, the way that I moved through the world. Um, but I wasn't really conscious enough at this point or open enough to really realise where the work needed to be. And so I was, you know, I was having fun um, and it was, yeah, it was really great. Um, and yeah, many things happened during this time. Uh, and... I will share because I feel like this came a turning point in my last two years of my time in Australia, um, really directing me onto a more spiritual path. And so I'm going to end this episode here and share more about this point in my life because I feel like that was a real sort of turning point um, and I think it sent my life on a whole different trajectory, if I'm honest, because really just being in touch with the spiritual um, practices, opening my mind to more personal development and actually um, going towards personal development, working on myself and um, all of that started from, from here. So I'm going to leave that here um, and I will record the next part um, up until kind of where I'm at today. Uh, so stay tuned and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.